Well, there's a lot of focus right now on what is happening on university campuses. The protests in support and against what is happening between Israel and Hamas has really brought a spotlight to political activism on campuses. But the thing is, there's nothing really new about this. Historically, there have always been political movements on campuses. And we're going to talk more about that now with our guest, Dr. Leonie Fleischman, who is a senior lecturer at the City University of London, a lecturer in international politics and human rights. Dr. Fleischman, thank you for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. When you see what is happening right now with all of these protests and the, you know, for and against and everything, are are you surprised by this? No, not at all. University campuses have long been hubs of political and social activism. Students have always been involved in various causes causes globally, um, not just Um, the tensions between Israel and the Palestinians. We saw historically students involved in the civil rights movement in the United States, the anti-Vietnam war movement in South Africa during uh, the anti-apartheid era. Students are very active as well. So it's definitely not something new. It's a tradition that we've long seen on university campuses. And why do you think it has developed that way? Is there some kind of historical reason why these places seem to be hotbeds for this? Yes, um, I think we can point to a few factors as why, uh, for why students are so active. Um, I think on the one hand, they have the disposable time to be involved in political causes, unlike older generations who might be working. Um, so they've got that time, that energy to engage in the various causes around the world. There might also be a sense of disillusionment. They, see, they might see that their future um, is not the one that they, they want to have. In the anti-war campaigns, for example, you see that element of um, people not wanting to be conscripted, for example. Um, So there's an element of students seeing and not agreeing with what's going on, and they have the space to do so. And that's really what universities are for, to engage in the world and to develop um, ideas around what is or isn't happening. So I think it's really kind of a right time and space for this sort of activism. Right. So this is just the topic right now, but there have been many such topics that we see kind of explode across university campuses, aren't there? Yes, absolutely. This is the, you know, the tensions have risen and um, we can see that when tensions do rise around a particular cause, then activism will mobilize around it. So obviously at the moment, with what's going on in Israel and in Palestine, um, the spotlight is there. So that's why we see the activism around this on campus. But historically, um, and today, we see different causes uh, students mobilizing around. Climate justice movement um, was um, particularly um, centered around students and young people with Greta Thunberg. Um, So it just happens that right now the focus is on Israel and Palestine, but there's plenty of other causes that students are involved in. Does this one seem to be more, mm, I don't know what the right word is here, like it just, it does seem to be, uh, there's more awareness to this one. There definitely seems to be a lot more um, sharpness of opinion on this because there's certainly a bigger spotlight on these people who are protesting this time around. And it's it's much bigger news, I feel like, that we're seeing this on university campuses. Yes, I think you're right. I think this one is a particularly contentious issue. It's a very difficult one for people to deal with. Um, it's very polarized as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be this sense that you're either pro-Palestinian or you're pro-Israel. And yes, there are plenty of people who are 
somewhere in the middle who are um, focusing on the rights of people in general, but it is quite a polarized issue. Um, and it is really the hot topic of our day in terms of conflicts going on around the world. Um, it's been going on for so long, it's seen as intractable, and people are very passionate on either side. And I think what we've also seen on campus is some real challenges around um, student welfare, student community, whilst also um, protesting for the cause that you might believe in. Right. But you make a point in that this is something historically we have seen, um, you know, whether it's protesting war or climate change, regardless. But this time around, there seems to be greater consequences for people who are protesting on this. You know, you've seen companies say, I'm not going to hire those people. Like there just there does seem to be more um, potential consequences for those beliefs this time around. Yes, um, I think that's right. And I think what you find is on, on both sides of the spectrum, students feeling that their voice isn't being heard or their voice is being um, contailed or maybe even they're fearing for their safety. So you have lots of examples of Jewish students um, and Israeli students saying that they're fearful um, for their safety on campus, feeling um, either verbally or even physically attacked for certain comments that are um, coming out as a result of what happened um, in the last few weeks. And at the same time, Palestinian students or those who support the Palestinian cause um, expressing concerns about restrictions to their speech um, and that their protest is being curtailed. And I think university um, leadership are really struggling between the balance of free speech and the balance, um, balance of free speech with the safety and welfare of their students. And this cause seems to really, really rile people up. In particular, and so you mentioned though something interesting there about this, there's a new generation here that we're talking about of young people, of Palestinian students who are in university, of young Israeli students. They've grown up under a different time, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for Palestine, young Palestinians, they don't know um, a situation other than the one we see today in terms of occupation, in terms of the situation in Gaza. Um, with the um, Israeli blockade on Gaza and the rise of Hamas. They don't know a time prior to that when Israelis and Arabs and Palestinians actually lived um, together or there was um, less um, overt, at least, um, violence. This time, at the moment, young Palestinians have only experienced um, this life. And so those who are in support of the cause or Palestinians in the diaspora, um, it's really their chance to speak up against what Israel is and has been doing. Um, And you see this sort of um, radicalization isn't necessarily the right word because we might not see it as a radical cause per se, but a more progressive view or a more um, um, emotional view than perhaps former generations who have also been um, fighting for this cause, but growing up, as you said, in a different circumstances where perhaps the two-state solution was on the horizon or dreams of um, peace whatever that means, was um, in people's eyes. And the situation is just much more desperate, I think, today. And those in support see that and feel that. I was just thinking 30 years ago, there was that dream on the horizon, right? There was the potential for this. But in the last 25 years, it is very clear that that has changed. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've reached 30 years since the um, Oslo Peace Accords um, this year. And um, there was that hope for both peoples. Um, that some sort of an agreement would be reached. Palestinians would have their own state. 
Israelis could live with um, peace and security, but that has been completely dismantled for a whole variety of reasons that I'm not sure we have time to go into. <laughs> we do not. Today. Um, <laughs> but um, the desperation is clear, the hopelessness is clear on both sides. And I think for Israeli Jews and for Jews around the world, what um, the attack from Hamas, the atrocities that was caused, has also broken something um, and created um, perhaps hopelessness on their side as well. Certainly is interesting. All right. Thank you so much for your time on that this morning. Thank you very much. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.